Welcome in, everybody. This is a very optimistic week for uh, for us folks here on the Panther Pod. It's a new week in college football. It is a new week in college football. Let's get hype. Let's get hype. West um, Virginia could could very well start 0-0 after their bye week. Uh, uh, 0-0? You mean 1-0? You mean, you mean, or, you know, 0-1? No, 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. Not 3-3 or 2-4. No, uh, I mean, and also you know, West Virginia couldn't make a bowl this year. But you know, either way, either way, staying staying optimistic, staying optimistic. When do you play Bama? When do you play Ole Miss? Staying optimistic. When do you play Arkansas? Staying optimistic. When do you play UAB? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I understand what we were doing there. We were like having a little bit of a back and forth, but come on, UAB, really? What you lose to UAB. You beat Alabama, but lose to UAB. Upset of the year. Is it though? I mean, if you're barely making bowl eligibility, is it really you? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Who has a winning record right now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, who That's also the... has Brian Kelly for a head coach? Yeah, who has Neil Brown? Exactly. Exactly. But if West Virginia had Brian Kelly, we'd be doing all right. Yeah, whatever. We would. Let's get into it. I'm Owen Spelling. My name's Cole Connor. And this is an optimistic week of, of the, the Panther, Panther Pod. Pod. All right, Cole. <clears throat> it is week seven of the college football season but this week is more better known as the third weekend the third saturday of october i was about to say you 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 were I doing botched good it. I botched you were doing it. good i botched it i'm sorry i'm sorry the it's third saturday rewind third saturday of october yes. otherwise known as tennessee versus alabama a matchup that's kind of been in one team's favor the past 15 nine years <laughs> yeah 15, 20? Yeah. No, 15. I think it currently ever, stands ever at... since uh, Saban got there. I think it currently stands at 15. Yep. Um, the reason why this third Saturday in October is a little bit different, number three, Alabama, which warms the cockles of my heart, I will say. It warms the cockles of my heart. Didn't, didn't, didn't think that's where you were going, but okay, let's keep rolling. <laughs> um. No, I mean, number three, man. Wow. Good versus, for them. Versus number six. Sorry. Number three, mm-hmm. Alabama. <laughs> I'm going to say that a few more times this episode. Number three, Alabama. Yeah, number three, Alabama versus number six, Tennessee Vols. Vols? Um, Vols. Vols. I say Vols. Vols? Is it a volunteer or a volunteer? Vols like the dog. Like the dog? Yeah. What dog? Whatever. They, they got a number three, okay. Alabama Crimson Tide versus number six, Tennessee Volunteers. Okay. This game is going to be good. Cole, I think this is the first time in both of in either of our lifetimes. Granted, you are old as dirt. Um, yeah, um, yeah, you're old as dirt. Uh, <laughs> but here's here's the thing, though. This is the first time in all of our lives, in both of our lifetimes, I would say is the fact that this game actually matters. And has, like, actual stakes and playoff implications. This has SEC championship playoff implications. Yep. This has playoff 
implications. Like the, it is just. It's, it's nice. nice. To, it's yeah. nice to have like it's nice because the SEC West always had Alabama, had LSU, excuse me, Ole Miss, Mississippi State every now and then, uh, Texas A and M, and for I mean they've just kind of been there when for, they had Johnny Football, yeah, yeah, when they had Johnny Football, yeah. Um, Arkansas was kind of risen up a little bit, but again, eh. In the East, I mean, for the past several years, it's just been Georgia. Georgia, and I mean, if you want to go back further, Florida. Florida, but Tennessee I mean. Tennessee hasn't been relevant since they had. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, or I guess Josh Dobbs was okay. Yeah, you could say Josh Dobbs. But, I mean, they did beat Georgia in that amazing game back in 2016. I hated like, I watched that game, and Josh Dobbs went down with an injury in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And then he came back and won the game? Then he came back and won the game, and I, I cut remem- it off. I remember watching that game, homecoming night. It was October 1st, mm-hmm. and I was with Madison Messenger, Lauren Naff, my beautiful girlfriend, Sarah Ellis, and uh, we were all sitting there in El Rio, and uh, final minutes, me and Madison Messenger sitting across the table from each other. I'm looking at one TV, he's looking at the other, and both of us just went, Whoa! Hands went up. We were like, "No way!" Um, but yeah, it was great. From that day on, I will never count a game over until triple zeros strike the clock. But uh, unless you were LSU last week, but I mean, or 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 L- or LSU uh, against Florida State. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, back to the stop. Back to the topic at hand. Um, Alabama is favored by seven, and ESPN has Alabama favored 69.8 to 30.2. That's absolutely ludicrous. Absolutely. Because I can understand the minus seven and a half, or is it seven and a half or just minus seven? I can understand the minus seven if Bryce Young is playing. Yes. But if it's Jalen Milrow... Jalen Milrow and it, this is not uh, Jalen Milrow is not a bad quarterback, but require he relies on his legs a lot more than Bryce Way Young does. Way too much, exactly. And uh, Cole, please explain to us how that Tennessee front seven feels when they smack you into math. Not good. Not good. Not great. So Tennessee front seven, that rush defense is legit. That rush defense, and I mean they have now. Granted, Alabama. Alabama's offensive line is markedly better than LSU's. Yes. Alabama's offense, markedly better than LSU's. Yes. However. Alabama, markedly better than LSU. I'm not going to say that. (laughs) However, there's a lot of similarities in the way LSU and Alabama run their programs. Gee, I wonder why. (laughs) It's like there was a certain guy that's been there before that left and went to Miami, and now he's at Alabama. Sucked. Sucked at Miami. Uh, did great at LSU. Yeah, won a national championship. Two and national then, championships. And so those were his guys the second time around. Won us a national championship. Two and then Les Miles won us the other one. Thank <laughs> you very much. With Saban's recruits. That's fine. Um, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, if Milrose playing, which I don't know if Bryce Young has officially been ruled out for the game or not, um, I th- he should be. He definitely should be. I don't know. I don't know if he is or not. It's um, it's kind of in limbo right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, the people in Vegas are tending to believe that he's going to be there in Nealon. Um, speaking of Nealon, tickets as low as three hundred and forty dollars for this game. Honestly, checks out. Mm. How many? 
how many is Neyland set? Over a hundred thousand? Oh, it's gotta be like one oh five, one oh seven, somewhere I think in so. there. I think so. It's over a hundred thousand. Maybe one oh one, I'm not for sure. Yeah. But uh but hey, on the other side, Tennessee's offense is rolling. Yeah. Hendon I mean, Hooker, ninety eight for one forty, mm-hmm. over fourteen hundred yards, ten touchdowns, and Zilch, big old goose egg on that interception side. Does that change this weekend? I was though? about to say, I think Alabama's secondary is weak because we saw what happened against Texas. We saw what happened. I mean, honestly, we saw what happened against Texas. We saw what happened to Texas A&M. Close games. Good secondaries on the other side. Good defensive lines on the other side. Well, and Alabama also turned the ball over a ton last week against Texas A&M, and I think that's one of the reasons that Jimbo was able to hold in there for a little while uh, right down there to the end is because – Look, I'm going to put it to you plain and simple. If Texas can put up 19 on Alabama and hold them to 20, there's no reason why Tennessee can't walk away with a win. I – I – I genuinely believe this is Tennessee's best chance to win the game, and I believe they win this game. I believe that Alabama's beaten up. Alabama's had – they have had two close games, and they're not playing well on the road. No. We've seen that. So, I, I'm going to take Tennessee in this, and I say Alabama takes their first loss of the season. Does, However, though, does a second loss come into play – after Tennessee, where do you see us? Do you see a second loss on Alabama's schedule? Yeah, for LSU, duh. Cole, <laughs> realistically, no, uh, no. Austin, PA. That's where. It, <laughs> um, realistically, Ole Miss. I could, I could see Ole Miss giving them that second loss. Granted, I could, Ole Miss was down by three at the half to Vandy. So, here's another thing. And you're gonna call me crazy, Iron Bowl. No, no, I'm not gonna call you crazy on that one because it does not matter how bad either one of these teams are. Well, we when saw it, what happened last year. Exactly. We saw what happened last. Now, granted, Auburn had Bo Nix last year, and they and now they have T.J. Finley. But it's I think it's it's at Auburn this year. It is. No, it is. No, at, it's in Bryant Denny. It, it is in Bryant. It's at Bryant Denny. Um, Still, though, yeah. the Iron Bowl has seen crazier things. Yes, um, that really, I would say that is like a that's a that's a dream. You here's the thing: you can't count either one of those teams out when it comes Alabama Auburn. No matter what stats say or what Vegas says, it's a 50-50 game. Because it's a rivalry game. And we're going to see this too because Tennessee and Alabama excuse me, is also a big rivalry game. There's a reason why it's called the third Saturday in October. Also, Yeah, what a cool name though for a rivalry. Yeah. It's just like... Oh, it's so cool. Just mark your calendars, third Saturday in October. Like it doesn't, you know, no trophy, no nothing. It's just all bragging rights. Yep. Um, but I, I'm going to take Tennessee in this. I'm going to say their rushing defense really really puts it to Alabama. Alabama won't really know what hits them. I think Bryce Young's going to do fine. If he plays, I think Bryce Young's going to do fine. I think Tennessee's secondary is much improved. Um, tr- trust me, I know. Um, <laughs> Tennessee has all the momentum in the world. They just beat down LSU bad, real bad. Everyone thought that that was going to be a marquee game. 
Why was it 12 o'clock? No one knows. But anyway, um, no, I agree with you. I'm taking Tennessee. I, I will also take Tennessee as well. Uh, let's hope we we start off 1-0 and here. Yeah. Uh, who we got next? Penn State in Michigan. Ooh. This, honestly, it's not a – it is a Big Ten rivalry, but it does not compare to the game. It's just a divisional rivalry. Yeah. It doesn't compare to the game. But what makes this year interesting, Penn State's 5-0. and Michigan, 6-0, and 3-0 in conference. Penn State, number 10. Michigan, number 5. A lot of that has to do with Penn State's uh, ground and pound. I mean, 63 carries, 405, and... Uh, no, excuse me, 63 carries, 463, and five touchdowns for Nicholas Singleton. Dude's a monster. Their backfield, they don't just feed him the ball either. I mean, they have well over 192 yards rushing per game. Michigan, 212. Michigan's secondary is garbage. Both teams run defense stellar. Both allowing under 100 yards rushing. Or actually, both allowing under 85 yards rushing. Penn State 79, Michigan 81. Both teams secondaries, garbage. Penn State 262, Michigan 165. Points per game, Penn State, 34.4. Points allowed, 14.8. Michigan, 43.0, 11.3 points allowed. Something I'm looking at is both of these quarterbacks, both Sean Clifford for Penn State and J.J. McCarthy for Michigan, are almost identical when it comes to stats and gameplay. Sean Clifford is 85 through one, for 137, uh, 1,030 yards, nine interceptions – or nine touchdowns, Two interceptions. Hmm. Woo! <laughs> J.J. McCarthy for Michigan is 94 for 120, a little over 1,100 and a half yards, and then uh, nine, uh, nine touchdowns and an interception. So, uh, I mean, J.J. McCarthy's got a little bit – I mean, one less interception and about 100 more yards. But, I mean, almost identical when it comes to passing the football. Both are reliable. Both can get it done on the ground if need be. They're not known for mobility – but if they need to move on their legs, they can and escape and extend plays and escape the pocket. Uh, however, Blake Corum, Blake Corum, mm-hmm. and Nicholas Singleton. I thought Nicholas Singleton would have more of a little bit of a breakout year by this point. He's mm-hmm. only got five touchdowns and he's only got four hundred sixty-three yards. Whereas Blake Corum has one hundred eighteen carries for seven hundred thirty-five yards, eleven touchdowns. What Almost a thousand Mi- yards rushing in week seven. That's insane. What does Michigan historically like to do? Run the ball. Run the football. And that's won them the games. And for Penn State, that's what you've got to stop and make them one dimensional and make them pass the football. That's what they're doing this year. You, They've only allowed seventy nine point eight. And they haven't played they've played some slouch teams, don't get me wrong. But looking at Penn State schedule versus Michigan schedule. Michigan, mm, stinky. Penn State, they've played some good teams. They they played Northwestern. They played Auburn. They played the University of Ohio. 
<laughs> um, rushing against Purdue, Penn State gave up 61 yards rushing, which mm-hmm. was about two about three yards rushing uh, for for Purdue. So Penn State stopping the uh, stopping the run there. They blow they they play Ohio. They blew out Auburn. Blew out Central Michigan and blew uh, not blew out Northwestern, but beat Northwestern convincingly. Yeah, yeah, convincingly, comfortably. They have not met a match like they have not met a match like Michigan up until this point. Michigan hasn't met a match like Penn State either. We're gonna really find out a lot about Penn State. Penn State is my is one of my more quiet top ten teams that I'm looking at. Penn State is that you're going to know a lot about them in these next three weeks. They go on the road to Michigan and Ann Arbor. They get Minnesota at home, and then they get Ohio State. Big noon kickoff is going to be there. Mm. Uh, Ohio State comes into college – no, State College. Yeah. It, college Station is in Texas. Is, yeah, it's not College Station. It's, it's State, State College. State College um, on the 29th. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm be honest. I think. Uh, I think Penn State's got a shot against Minnesota, but still a big test. Still a big yeah. test. Um, I, honestly, I think I just I think Michigan's much more of a complete team and much more sound in what they're doing. Um, Penn State is still I think a little shaky. Now they will can they will go blow for blow with Michigan. However, I think Michigan is just going to rely on their run game, and it's it's going to grind them down three, four, five yards at a time. You're just going to slowly wear out that front seven, and then it, it from then on, it's off to the races. I hate that we're in agreement on the first two, but yeah, I mean, I got to go with Michigan. They're to me, they are the better. They're. I think if a team has a dominant run game you can really afford to hold on to the ball and drain the life out of your opponent. But, you know, out of all the games that we've seen this year, what is the one thing that is consistent throughout all the teams that have one big? They can run the football. Yep. They can run the football. Now, a lot of these teams can pass the football and they're great through the air, but if you run the football and establish that ground dominance, you are more than likely going to win that game. Absolutely. Uh, So, Michigan – is going to dominate on the ground, and they're going to win. Uh, let's see. Line is uh, Michigan minus seven. Over 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 under is fifty one and a half. They're going to hit the under on that one. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's this is going to be a twenties game. I think I think the over under needs needs to be a little bit lower. I think uh, I think Michigan covers the spread though. I think, I think Michigan covers. By, yeah, I, I think, think they win by at least a touchdown. At least a touchdown. A I th- uh, a touchdown or or touchdown or touchdown and a field goal two yep. possession game um at least it's a touchdown but yeah michigan winning this one yep um, up next oklahoma state tcu oklahoma state number eight tcu number 13 the last two undefeateds in the big 12 espn has tcu winning this game with a 57.6 percent chance of winning TCU's favored by four. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with Max Duggan. <laughs> yeah, you're telling I mean, me. TCU, they just knocked off undefeated Kansas. Week before, they stomped Oklahoma. Yeah. Now, Oklahoma State, 
their last two. I don't know. They beat number 16-ranked Baylor, 36-25. And they beat a semi-solid, fairly decent Texas Tech team, 41-31. Oh, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm surprised the over-under is not 100 in this game. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Me and you both, this is going to be classic Big 12 football, but I think what we're going to see here is a lot of yards, a little bit of a smaller score, though. And I think we saw we saw that with Kansas, with that Kansas TCU game. A lot of yards, small, small score for for that many yards. Max Duggan over his past uh, over the past two games, two touchdowns on the ground for Oklahoma and a touchdown on the ground against Kansas in that win, thirty eight thirty one. TCU came out on top. Oh, uh, both between Oklahoma and Kansas, he's got a seventy percent completion rating. What, that's only that is crazy. Yeah, that's no, that's 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 generally wild. 23, 23 for thirty three in both games. Oklahoma he had three hundred two yards passing. Kansas he had three oh eight. Completion uh, percentage is the exact same. Average he had nine point three yards passing against Kansas. Nine point two yards against Oklahoma. Wild and, and three touchdowns against both teams. And then he just has the lone interception. Against uh, Kansas, that's. I don't know if you can tell me what consistency is, but that looks a little consistent right there. So another stat that might blow your mind a little bit: Oklahoma State and TCU's points per game and points allowed per game. Oklahoma State points per game forty six point four. TCU forty six point four. That's wild. Oklahoma State points allowed per game. 24.8. TCU, 23.8. You're talking about a point difference here. This is the definition of a coin flip. Yeah. Why? Uh, yeah. I'm, and honestly, like. And, and, sorry. No, you're fine. Spencer Sanders, I think he's just as good of a quarterback as Max Duncan. He's playing his best football in his senior season. I mean, 104 for 169, 1394, 12 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's got two less touchdowns and one more interception, but, I mean, and honestly, you you look at it and their run game, and pretty much exactly the same. You've got to account for their legs. Yeah. You've got to account for their legs. Yeah. Two quarterbacks you would not think were very mobile are incredibly mobile. Yeah. They they will extend plays all uh, with their legs all day long if they have to, and they're not slow either. No, God no, no. Max Duggan was out running safeties. Yeah. against Oklahoma, so speed and a lot of points, a lot of yards this game. Yeah, um, but I do think it's going to end up being uh, almost. We're talking about identical. I think it's being identical score this this week, and. Uh, you know, for a prediction, I'm kind of going back and forth. I almost said TCU right off the bat, but then I was thinking, you know, what about Oklahoma State? I I, I, I don't know because you have both very veteran coaches mm-hmm. on either sideline. You've got TCU with Sonny Dykes, and then you've got Mike Gundy over there, old mullet man uh, for Oklahoma State. Love him to death. I, Cole, Cole like you said, this is a toss-up. Toss I, I, I don't know. I don't know who to pick in this one. Um. I'm looking to see if I have a coin anywhere around here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't have a coin. Um tell you what. Here what? you go. Pick a number in my head. 
and I'll tell you. And I'll tell you which. Uh, let me let me think here. Pick a number in my head, or uh, pick a pick a number in my head. Pick a number one through ten, mm-hmm. and I'll decide if I you know which one's odds and which one's evens. Nine. Nine. You're picking Oklahoma State to win. I'm picking Oklahoma You're State. You're picking Oklahoma State to win. Fair enough. I I'm, love my Gundy. I'm gonna I'm gonna go pick I'm gonna pick TCU. I think TCU uh, ends up winning this game. Let's go Cowboys. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? <laughs> huh? Huh? Um. No. I mean, and I was honestly about to make the exact same suggestion to you. It's like let's just flip a coin. You pick one team. I'll pick the other. Yeah. Um. The over under sixty eight and a half. Yeah, I th- I think yeah. they'll hit that because yeah. they'll both be in the thirties. I think they hit that. Oh, for sure. I think they hit that. I don't think they haven't scored at least thirty points all season. Both teams. Yeah, let's see. Oklahoma has scored forty one against Texas Tech, thirty six against Baylor, sixty three against uh, that Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas Pine Bluff, and then thirty four against Arizona State. TCU had 38 against Kansas, 55 against Oklahoma, 42 against SMU, and against Tarleton, 59 to yeah. open the season. Yeah, come on. Uh, oh, and then Colorado, they scored 38 earlier yeah. on in the year. Um, no, I mean, it. like I said, I'm honestly surprised the over-under is not higher than what it is. Yeah, this is this is old-fashioned Big 12 football right yeah. here. Um, this is going to be a good game, a good game game if you like yeah. offense this is the game for you speaking of liking offenses let's move on to our next game number seven usc versus number 20 utah now you might be wondering cole why would you put this in the same breath as oklahoma state tcu again we see points per game usc 40.2 utah Insane. Points allowed. 18.7. USC. 19.0. Utah. Total yards. 461. USC. 457. Utah. Look, these are both teams that love to throw the ball. Yes, for sure. We saw what Caleb Williams can do. We know he's a good quarterback. We saw what Cameron Rising can do as well. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, they have Jordan Addison on that receiving core yep. for uh, Jordan Addison and Mario Williams yep. on that receiving core for USC. Look, USC is, whether you like them or not, or whether you think that Lincoln Riley going there was... Lincoln Riley going there was easily the most important move they've made in the past 10 years. For sure. Ever since Pete Carroll left. Yeah. Um, this is USC's attempt to get back to Hollywood, USC, mm-hmm. and they're doing a good job of it. Hollywood, USC? Are they part of the NWO now? <laughs> Too sweet, brother. Oh. Um, no, I mean, and you, you know what I mean by Hollywood, USC. They've got, yeah, they've got that receiving core. They've got a darn good running back core as well. Travis Dye. He's been killing it up. Uh, 90 carries. 90 carries, 571, six touchdowns. That's nothing to sneeze at. Now, granted, that's not Big Ten numbers, but they don't like to run the ball. No. USC likes to throw it. Um, ESPN has Utah winning this game with a 60 points, 61.7% chance of winning. Um, 
Utah is also a three and a half, three and a half point favorite. Again, over over under is sixty five. Um, you say it's coin flip. I don't, and here's why: because USC is going to not Provo, but Salt Lake City. Ooh. They are going to Utah, and for that reason, I am picking Utah. It would be a different story if Utah's going down to Southern California, but no. USC is coming to Utah to play Utah in Utah. Utah. (laughs) (laughs) But no. Is Utah the new what chant? (laughs) Utah. Uh, The Utes. Anyways, um, Utah snaps their. their, after losing, who they who was it they lost to after the UCLA and they lost to uh, they lost Florida. their season over Florida yeah yep um, how did how <laughs> that did doesn't I forget, bode well how did I forget that <laughs> ah. I think I think Utah gets USC here and I think we start to see a little bit more of a truer USC because USC we already saw what happens when USC comes up some sort of. Uh, of an offense when they can't because they have no defense they have no, no, defense. They have no defense so when they come up against a somewhat competent offense again like your Oregon State Beavers that you were so high on at the beginning of season at the beginning still of the high on them dude the Oregon State oh they're three and one wow yeah they're oh wow yeah the only loss is to USC yeah interesting okay put some respect on the Beavers name son <laughs> uh, but you saw but like. We saw what happened when it came to Oregon State. You you only win they crumble. by three. They because, crumble. Yeah, because you, I mean, you just you're all, you're you're defense. Now, granted, Oregon State only scored two touchdowns. Yeah. At the same time, you, when they get up against a competent offense, they struggled for a little bit against Washington State. They're they're coming up against a more than just competent offense. They're coming up a pretty daggum good offense. Um, yeah. I got Utah winning this game. Um, and I got Utah winning outright. Really? I got them winning outright. Um, I hate to disagree with you. I'm going USC. Brother. Wolfpack is back, baby. Wolfpack is back? I was making an NWO joke. I don't. For, in, never mind. I said USC goes Hollywood. It, it was a bad. It was a bad one. It was. A, it was a bad joke. It was a bad joke. I'll say that. Um, no, I'm going USC. Speaking of Wolfpack, <laughs> NC State, Syracuse. Look, I know you don't want to talk about Syracuse. That's fine. I get it. NC State five and one, one and one in conference. Syracuse five and zero, oh, two and zero oh in conference. Both teams like to throw the ball a lot. Syracuse likes to run a little bit more. If you haven't uh, noticed, in this game this week, we are not short on offenses this year, no. <laughs> this week. No. on I mean, on either side of the offensive side of the ball. I yep. mean, Michigan loves to run it. Every other team in the nation loves to throw it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tucker... For Syracuse, 110 carries, 546, five touchdowns. Honestly, a little disappointing with 110 carries. Yeah, but look at their uh, – with Garrett Schrader at quarterback, 90 for 127, over 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns, and a lone interception. Yeah. Drew Leary, I mean, still 118 for 193, 1265, 11 touchdowns. Four interceptions, but still – like if you throw the ball 193 times, you're going to get four picks. Yeah. 
but unless your name is Drew Brees. Unless, <laughs> uh, but but here's my thing: is who has Syracuse played? They played a bad Louisville team. They played a terrible UConn team. A decent Purdue team. Decent, decent enough. Purdue's right now one and two though. Uh, and then they struggled against against Virginia. They yeah. they came out swinging, real big swinging on Virginia. But then only win because Virginia misses a field goal, 20, yeah. 22 to 20. Um, and then, obviously, they stop Wagner. But, I mean, it's Wagner. You're supposed to stop Wagner. Yeah, come on. NC State's a real test for them. After this, they, they go to Clemson, and then they get Notre Dame at home, and then they go to Pitt. I'm telling you what, I I just don't know. I think NC State is a little bit more battle-tested. Yep. I think uh, – NC State's pulled it out against Florida State, mm-hmm. got beat up against Clemson. They've also stomped UConn. Uh, they beat Texas Tech. And then uh, those – I mean, Texas Tech, Clemson, and NC uh, and Florida State are two worthy opponents, as we're seeing as the year goes on. Yep. NC State is more battle-tested. However, though, with that comes injuries, fatigue, NC State, I don't think, I don't, I don't think has had a bye week. No, they have not had a bye week yet. No, they've played six. So, and Syracuse is coming off their bye week, if I believe I'm right. Yeah, yeah, they're coming off their bye week this week. Um, and and it's at Syracuse. I think Syracuse. Well, I don't know. Do you really want to do that? what I'm thinking here. I picked NC State last week, and they didn't let me down. Syracuse is favored by three and a half. The over-under is 42. I think they for sure get the over. I'm going to say it. NC State, didn't, NC State did not upset, uh, did not disappoint me last week. However, I think the Q's is just a little bit better of a football team this year. Um, uh, deep, uh, what's his name? Oh, gosh. What's the head coach's name at uh, – uh, Debo? No. No, it's not Debo. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. How can I not think of this? Ah. I'm right there with you. Daggone it. Somebody's screaming at us right now. Well, I mean, you're a West Virginia fan, and I'm an LSU fan. This, so, like, come on. Oh, my gosh. I can't I can't think of it. I can't think of the name. It'll come to me. Dino later. Babers. Dino Babers. There we go. I was combining Dino and Babers and making Debo. No. Dino Babers. Okay. Dino – I almost said Dabo Sweeney, but no. Wrong, wrong orange. I was about to say. Wrong orange. Uh, no. I think I think Syracuse keeps it rolling and goes on to six and zero, and NC State drops its second game, second conference game of the season. Wolfpack is back, baby. Oh my god! You just uh, wanted to say that so you can make it up for yeah. terrible. Um, no, I'm going NC State. I mean, I think I, and you know what? I'm going to use your own argument against you. NC State's more battle tested. I mean, that's fair. No, I definitely see that. However, I just think that comes with a lot of fatigue right now. I get it, and I understand. But Syracuse barely beat UVA. UVA is not good. I mean, when is UVA ever good? Yeah. I mean, well, last year they were decent. They went eight and four. They were and, fine. You know, they still couldn't beat Tech. But <laughs> anyway, we'll go back to. We want the smoke podcast. <laughs> Speaking of the all the smoke podcast, yes, <laughs> this isn't the Commonwealth Cup by any means, but it's just as prestigious. 
Normally, it's just as prestigious on the hardwood. Mm-hmm. This year, this has actual implications in the ACC. In the gridiron, man. On the gridiron. UNC and Duke. Mm. UNC's 5-1, 2-0 in conference. Duke, 4-2, 1-1 in conference. UNC beat Miami, beat Tech, and beat App State. They lost to Notre Dame. Bad loss. Bad loss. Duke lost to Georgia Tech. In overtime, bad, bad Georgia Tech, a team. terrible Georgia Tech team. Just Let's be real. Head coach, but hey, Georgia Tech beat Pitt too. They're yeah. on two week winning streak. Um, again, UVA thirty-eight seventeen. They won, and they won fairly convincingly. They won by twenty-one. Good. Yeah, it's three touchdowns. They lost to Kansas thirty-five twenty-seven, and then they beat NCA and T forty-nine twenty. Yep, and Northwestern thirty-one twenty-three. Duke is better than their record. I'm going to say Georgia Tech was an absolute fluke, and at that point in the season, no one was beating Kansas, as we saw. It's still – I mean, the only one who could beat Kansas is a phenomenal TCU team. Yeah. And Duke is just just, – I mean, they're not as good TCU. Well, and and that's what I'm saying. Like football team. Their record doesn't reflect how good Duke is this year. Yeah, I mean – I think it does to a certain extent. They're four yeah. and two. They lost to a good Kansas team, and then they lost to, well, I mean that Georgia Tech. I guess yeah, that's was, a fluke. That's a fluke, but that happens every once in a while. However, may I remind you though, with North Carolina, you almost lost to App State, who, by the way, App State is currently uh, two and three. Yeah, I yeah. believe App uh, three and three. They are three and three after knocking off Texas A and M. But anyway. They are three and three, and just lost to it, and just lost to Texas State. And North Carolina almost lost that game. Yeah, uh, they Georgia State came within a touchdown of North Carolina, losing uh, North Carolina beating them thirty five twenty eight. The one remotely tough team that they play, they get stomped. No, not the U. Notre Dame. Re- the most relative. That's t- not a stomping. It's not a. St- uh, yeah, it is. 40, that's 40, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. That's not a stomping. That's, a, that's a convincing win. A convincing win. That's a two possession game. You know. But then you then you beat up on a bad on a bad Virginia Tech team. Okay, that's expected. But then you almost lose to a bad Miami team too. Yeah. Twenty seven twenty four. So. And Duke, their two loss, their one loss is to a quality Kansas team, and I can't believe I just said that, and then to a Georgia Tech team, which is apparently on the up and up now because they're three and three. Um, I don't know if you've seen the quarterback stats. Drake May, 134 for 193, 1,903 yards. 21 touchdowns and three interceptions for UNC. Mitch M- Mitch Trubisky? Wait a minute. <laughs> Sam Howell? <laughs> Oof, that one was recent. Yeah. But um, you know what's really funny, though, is like 
it, just the turnaround that Mac Brown and that UNC crew has done, yeah. though, because last year they they were thinking big time football. Sam Howell's going to lead us to the promised land. We're going to go to the the ACC championship, maybe have a playoff run, and then you end up six and six. Yeah, at the end of the season. Um, I will say this, Riley Leonard, just as good, 110 for 166, 13, 12, eight touchdowns, three interceptions. Duke's a little bit more balanced here. Yeah. Um, and I also will say Riley Leonard looks like Zac Efron in High School Musical. <laughs> look Seriously, look it up. Now that I... Now that I now that I'm looking at a picture of yeah yeah no yeah, I he, see it he does I I see it he looks like a young Zach Efron I yep no I we're sure soaring we're flying all right and that's enough of that <laughs> um, no I mean I agree with you Duke is more balanced than UNC is but still Drake May incredible arm uh, and for that reason I'm going UNC I'm going the Blue Devils I'm going Duke. Oh, and we were getting along at the start of this episode. Now we're not. The last, so the first three. Oh wow, no. Wow, we went. I thought it was the first three that we. No, it was went. the first two. First two. Uh, yeah, it's pretty typical. Yeah, that's fair uh. I don't do math, so I don't know what percentage that is. Two out of six. It's not good. That's a third. That's thirty-three percent. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Actually, it's thirty-three and a third percent chance. Okay, well, the winning. Well, looks like you're going to take the L this week, and I will take the dub. Whatever. <laughs> but, hey, man, good week of college football. Speaking of taking dubs. This will be a classic week of college football. Yep. This brings us to the uh, ODAC. Yes. Um, honestly, really exciting matchups happening this weekend. Mm-hmm. Guilford, Shenandoah, not one of them. Um <laughs> I thought you were about to be like Gilford Shendo, a real matchup here. No. Um, and uh, Sorry. Uh, Bridgewater, Randolph, Macon, definitely matchup of the weekend. Um, Averett, Hampton, Sydney, should be a good game. Averett's proven dangerous this year. Washington and Lee and Ferrum. Oof. If Ferrum's offense can take the field by storm and smack him in the mouth early on, we saw what happened last year. Came very close to winning this football Came game. Came very close. And, and, hey, look, it's also going to be a raucous crowd. It's homecoming week yeah. for Ferrum. I mean, you've got to muster something. And it's hard. It is. As a team, if you're 0-5, it is hard it's so hard to to try and bounce back yep uh currently Ferrum's on a three-game losing streak against Washington Lee they're oh and three yep Washington Lee's four and one this year I mean look this is not going to be an easy game for Ferrum no let's just let's be honest here um can Ferrum win this game absolutely I think they have as good of a shot if anyone is taking Washington Lee down or even, you know, being competitive with Bridgewater and Randy Mack. But Ferrum needs to stop shooting themselves in the foot and they need to execute better on offense, plain and simple. 
when you get when you get down the red zone, you've got to score. Yeah, you can't and, settle for field goals. And you've got you've got to score more than just a uh, just a field goal too. It's got to be you know it's got to be at least a. a a touchdown and field goal every now and then is not bad. At least you're getting points, you know. Yeah, you've got to put points on the board. But you've so far in conference play, you've only put up 16 points, and that was against Hampton Sydney. Right now, and I think we went over this uh, on the Sunday show, but right now, Ferrum uh, is averaging about 13 points a game. It's not going to win you very many footballs football game when you're allowing your opponent to score about 34 points a game. Yeah. And it doesn't – you're not going to win a whole lot of football games if you're giving up 456 yards on the other side of the ball either. No. Um, look, I mean, Ferrum has got to turn the ship around. It's homecoming weekend. What a better time to do it. Exactly. Exactly. Like, there, there is no better time. You are still very much alive in the ODAC. Very much so. Very yeah. much so. However, if you lose to Washington Lee, your ODAC dreams are – Done. Done. Yeah, at this point, because you cannot now Bridgewater, Washington, and Lee, Randolph, Macon, they'll all beat up on each other. Yeah, but that's not going to be enough. They've got no. like uh, who did you say Randolph Macon plays Bridgewater this week? Okay, yeah. there's one there's one matchup that they'll be that they're going to beat each other up on. But you've got uh, Averett could possibly pull the upset. Yep. Against uh, who they play? Uh, no, they don't play Shenandoah. That's Guilford. Oh, excuse me. Um, they played against um, Shenandoah. Averett plays. Uh, yeah, Averett plays Hampton Sydney. Okay. Yeah. So it's Guilford, Shenandoah, Bridgewater, Randy Mack, Averett, Hampton Sydney, and Washington Lee and Ferrum. So we know Shenandoah should beat Guilford this weekend. Yes. They're not a Kansas. They're not showing up. No. <laughs> They're not, you know. Randolph-Macon, Bridgewater, I think Randolph-Macon's got that game. Um, but Bridgewater's showing their dominance again after after just kind of a bounce, uh, a drop-down year last year. And then Hamden, Sydney, and Averett, I think Averett's more, uh, a little bit more talented, and they can, they can pull out this football game for that yeah. one. But Ferrum and Washington Lee, I mean, Washington Lee could very well play spoiler to Ferrum. But like you said, Ferrum has to come out and come out big. They've got to come out swinging, and they've got. I mean, take shots early. You've you you've got to do something, or or just to, at least if you don't want to take shots early, just establish something from then on and make yeah. Washington Lee and, uh, Washington Lee stop you. Yep. So um, don't <laughs> let them win. I, 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 this is this couldn't uh, this could be a game. Uh, the second Washington Lee upset I've ever seen. Uh, last homecoming game that I went to, I was at Emory and Henry. Mm. And Emory and Henry pulled the stunner against uh, Washington and Lee uh, with a Hail Mary pass at the end of the fourth quarter to win the game for homecoming. Could this be another year where Washington and Lee gets stunned by a bad Ferrum team? Possibly. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Um Offense cannot stall. No. That's that's the bottom line. And really, I mean, we can't even critique the defense at this point because the defense is so gassed when they get out there on the yep. field. Because the offense does not have 
any kind of control over the clock. I mean, going. Th- I mean, even even if you go for a, a traditional, uh, like say a traditional series, you're not immediately going three and out as defense. But you you know, you get in two down territory, and then they convert. You get them in another three down territory, and they convert, and then you get a three and out. Yep. You know, so then. Or, or then you you make them you make uh, they can't convert on third down they they've got a punt by that point that's how many plays is that you know yeah at, at several plays in your guess all right offense comes back out and they get a three down or they get an interception or they get a fumble they turn the ball over they have a bad snap something like that defense is immediately back out there it's hard to critique a defense and look and even analyze a defense when your offense is doing nothing to help you yep so. Y- You've got you've got to maybe change something up, give Washington Lee a different look, or just breathe some some life into that offense some way. Absolutely. And I but I think the main thing that we're looking at, uh, the main the main thing that we're feeling right now is the lack of um, experience. Yeah. By Ferrum losing all of those seniors, at least fourteen graduated. Not to speak of how many more may have transferred or or just stop playing or just stop playing the football program you know so sometimes football just doesn't work out and you and you leave the program absolutely but i think we're seeing that that lack of depth and that lack of experience experience depth even at that yeah is really hurting this ferrum team and this may be a year where you just got to take you just got to bite a bullet and take one yeah. this may be i mean I, I'm 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 going to be serious. Looking at Ferrum's schedule, I see two winnable games on there, and even then, I think you're splitting hairs with Guilford and Averett. I mean, you go on the road to, to Randolph Macon and get Bridgewater at home. I, I just don't, unless unless they give me some life here and against Washington Lee, I just don't I don't see it. But, I mean, we predicted a seven three season this year. Um, it, this very well could be zero and ten. This very well could be two and eight. But it also could very well be five and five, five and five, uh, and what is that in conference? Four and two? Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, six and two, six and two in conference. Yeah, six and two in conference. So, Farum has got to turn the ship around. No better time to do it than now. Homecoming week, baby. Yep, you got to start somewhere. So, uh, yeah, and like I said, they've never beat Washington Lee again. Great time to do it. Homecoming week. Uh, if you're a Farum alum or if you just enjoy watching football, come out and see the game. 2 p.m. Saturday, October 15th. Tickets are, what, $10? have no idea. I'm a student. I get in for free. <laughs> there you go. So I don't really know ticket prices. Um, there you go. But, yeah. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You can go first, my good sir. <laughs> I don't know what you're worried about. Is LSU favored in this game? No. They're not? We're not favored. You're not favored. Florida Gators are favored by two and a half. Is ESPN favoring LSU? Absolutely. Hey, there you go. 62.8 to 37.2. Look, we've got to clean up the mistakes. Plain and simple. Jane Daniels. Very impressive stat line. Okay, Florida's favored, but it's by two and a half. That's what I just said. Jane Daniels, very impressive stat line. 
cannot find the end zone if it was the broadside of a barn. 121 for 176, 12-15, seven touchdowns. This is week seven. Yeah, but that O-line, though, is really struggling. I understand, and I get it. When you're having to run around a lot. Yeah. It really, really takes I, I understand. How many and, touchdowns he got on the ground, though? And that's true. I mean, he is our leading passer and our leading rusher because, you know, we don't have any kind of running back, but that's all right. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, please come back. We miss you. Um, 76 carries for Jane Daniels, 359 yards, three touchdowns. Here's why I think LSU is going to win this game. Anthony Richardson is not a good quarterback. Jack Anders, not much better. We have not seen Max Brown play. Um, I think LSU's secondary needs to come to life in this game and add to our interception totals for this year. And I think this is a good as time as any to play. The goodest time as any? As good of a game. This is the best time as any. Well, I mean, when you have a quarterback coming in with, you know, a Jameis Winston-looking stat line. Ah, five touchdowns, seven interceptions. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Which, again, I mean, I'm not trying to trash. No, 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 no. I don't learn from my mistakes. I talk trash. Look, Florida, we're beating them, plain and simple. Am I convinced when I say that? No, absolutely not. The Tennessee game took every ounce of hope that I had for this LSU team this year to make a run for the SEC championship right out of my body. Probably wasn't going to happen anyway, but that's all right. It's all right. Um, Florida did not get stomped by Tennessee like we did. They played a very competitive football game against Tennessee, 38-33. to Their other L on the year was against Kentucky, 26-16. to Other than that, USF, 31-28. A not-so-great USF team, let's be real. The nail in Florida's coffin for me is that they only put up 24 points on Mizzou. It's freaking Mizzou. Come on. Mm-hmm. That's like putting up 30 points on Vandy. It's just disappointing. Our offensive line needs to give Jaden Daniels more time to throw the ball and not immediately collapse around him and force him to scramble. That being said, we've passed for more yards, we've scored more points. And we've only allowed 19 points per game. That number would be significantly lower if we would have not played Tennessee. Anyway. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it, this is going to be a home dunk or a home run slam dunk win for LSU. Um, spreads two and a half over under 51 and a half. 
I think we hit the over, and I think we do a lot of that by ourselves. <sighs> How do I put this lightly? Cole? Florida's losing this game. Thank you. <laughs> I don't, here's the thing. Brian Kelly walked into a much better situation at LSU than Billy Napier did. Do I think they are both phenomenal coaches? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I honestly think you could swap Billy Napier and Brian Kelly, and you would be looking at very similar results on either side of the ball. Abs- absolutely. Uh, however, I think LSU just has a much better situation. Much better quarterback, mm. has much op- better options to throw the football. However, the one I think one major leg up that Florida has is that it's at home. Yeah, it's in the swamp. Yeah, um, but I still think LSU. I still think LSU. Play, I think LSU plays good enough to win, and they beat a relatively bad Florida team. Do I think Florida will go to a bowl this year? Possibly. Wait, 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 wait! It's in the swamp. It's in the swamp. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's in the swamp or not. Sorry, had to hit it one time. <laughs> this is this is a bleed over from <laughs> from the pity episode, um, but no, 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 no. I I, I believe you, the lines two and a half. They'll cover. Yeah, and I think LSU wins this game. I think they win it outright. I think they win it by a touchdown, uh, touchdown or touchdown and a uh, field goal, two possession game possibly. I'm leaning more towards towards just the touchdown. You feel touched by my comments right now, don't Thank you? Thank you. I You're appreciate welcome. it. No, I'm no. still thinking Baylor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, no, I, I mean... I'm not I'm not doing this for your pity, okay? I'm not doing this for your pity. I'm, I'm leaving politics out of this, okay? That's fair. Uh, no, LSU is the better team. Not better coached, because I think Billy Napier is just as good of a coach as Brian Kelly, and Brian Kelly is just as good of a coach as Billy Napier. Time will tell on which one appears to be better, but I think Billy Billy Napier has a lot more work to do at Florida because he took over Dan Mullen, which was almost uh, – took over Florida from Dan Mullen, which was almost a dumpster fire. Yes. Brian Kelly took over Ed Ogeron, who just three to four years – three years prior won a national championship. So, I mean, you tell me who's in the better position right here. You oh, know? for sure, Brian Kelly. For sure, Brian Kelly. For that re- and for that reason, Jaden Daniels is playing well, a lot better than Anthony Richardson. I think you'll be fine. You, it's I think in this game, you're it, there will never be a point where you feel like Florida has control of this game. I think walking in, you're gonna look at this game, and Florida and, and LSU. Even though Florida may have some good plays, they may lead here and there, and LSU may be down by a score or two. It's always gonna feel like LSU is in control of this game. Unless we fumble, you know, on the Unless you turn the ball drive. over so many different times. Yeah. That's 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 Yeah. We we need to execute and our offensive line needs to drastically improve. I know how that feels. Yeah. Having a rough offensive line. But at least you have a mobile quarterback and that helps a lot when yes. he can extend plays on his feet. Absolutely. LSU's winning this game. They're winning it outright. I think they win by a touchdown. Um I'm going to say... What's uh, the spread again? Uh, two and a half. No. Uh, oh, over-under? Over-under, 51 and a half. Uh, they're not hitting that. That is uh, that is is going to be under. However, though, 
it could end up being a Mississippi State game where you yeah. beat Mississippi State by, or where you beat Florida by two or three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. If you beat, I mean, you beat a quality Mississippi State team, you really did. Mississippi State is ranked though, and you're not. That's for another time. You know. Um, <laughs> But that that's a quality beat Mississippi State. Beat them convincingly. Yeah. Beat them yeah. convincingly. That's not a quality right. Mississippi State team. That's I fine. think you won't have trouble. I, I believe you will not have trouble with Florida. I almost said Florida State. I had to stop myself <laughs> real quick there. <laughs> oh, oh, whoops. Oh, this is the oh. I forgot about oh whoops. <laughs> Ixnay on the eighth stay. Oh, whoops. That was my bad. Oh yikes! That was a that was a true slip up right there. Um, but no, no I, I mean, think you handle Florida. I think you do it again outright win by at least seven. I'm gonna say uh, under as well, uh, thirty five fourteen. <sighs> Is it my turn? Come on, buddy, bring it on home tomorrow night, or if you're listening on Thursday tonight. Yes, tonight. Uh, you're. All my young life people will know that saying. Oh. Ouch. Um, Oof. West Virginia takes on the Baylor Bears in Morgantown, 7 o'clock Eastern, Thursday night prime time on FS1. For the 10th. No, fifth time. I think this is the fifth or sixth time West Virginia welcomes in Baylor to Morgantown in Milan Puskar Stadium, better known as Mountaineer Field. There is something about West Virginia and that mountain air, that misty mountain air that seeps into the seats and onto the dewy turf of Mountaineer Field. Just something magical happens within the mountains and the hills of Morgantown. Um that bears tend to run away from. <laughs> um, um, here's the thing. West Virginia, man, I I believe we have the talent. We, we do have the talent. We have the talent. We have JT Daniels. JT Daniels right now is not playing terrible football. 115 for 181, over 1,200 yards passing, eight touchdowns, two interceptions. That's not that's – not, that's, that's not good. terrible. That, that's so much better than Daggy. Uh, C.J. Donaldson, unfortunately. <laughs> I know, I know. We're going back there, come on. Yeah, man. I know. Um, but C.J. Donaldson, I don't think he's going to be playing for this game. However, great news, he could be for, he could be uh, a go for next week, which is amazing. He is a concussion protocol. He's doing really well. He's ahead of schedule with concussion protocol. Um, was a very, very scary injury after Texas being carted off the field, but he just looked to have been knocked out and had a concussion, which is great. I was really afraid that it was going to be a broken neck or something like that that would put him out. Of course, concussion can put you out for the rest of the year as well, but I'm glad it was maybe a more mild concussion. Um, But we have Tony Mathis and we have Justin Johnson Jr. Justin Johnson has really come into the spotlight a little bit more. Um, Triple J. Do what? Triple J. Triple. Ooh. Ooh. Triple J. I like it. I like it. Uh, we got Bryce Ford Wheaton, Sam James, Reese Smith, Preston Fox, if he's going to be playing for a little bit. I I want to know, have we cleaned it up? Has Neil Brown miraculously cleaned up all the mistakes that have been going on the past four years in Morgantown? Has he finally turned the corner in this bye week? Uh, 
that receivers are no longer dropping passes that are thrown right to them. Is offensive line has the offensive line stopped committing senseless penalties like offsides or not offsides? I'm sorry, false starts. And you're going to get a holding penalty every now and then, but is it going to be senseless? You know, are the are the nerves going to be on uh, with this team, or are they going to be kind of chilled out? Um, <clears throat> the line currently right now, Baylor's favored by three. Mm. Baylor, according to ESPN, Baylor has a sixty percent chance of winning this game. Another question, too, that I have, the offense is, is good. Uh, I think we rank 24th in the nation in offense. Defense is another thing. We've got to get our front six going. Front, and I say front six because West Virginia plays a 3-3-5. Three, three, yeah. But we've got to get the front. I mean, since the pit game, have you heard much out of uh, Justin Jefferson? No. Yeah, Justin Jefferson. Yep, I think is his name. I, gosh, I uh, should know DN. this. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think that is Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, um, Taj Austin, and Dave. Uh, not David Seals. Well, that was a wide receiver. Mm. Dante Stills. How much have you heard about the those three guys since the pit game? Hardly any. Nothing. People, uh, offensive lines have been able to shut them down, and why? I don't know why. And I think that's been part of our issue too, is that they're double teaming Dante and they're double teaming Jefferson. I, I, I don't. We've got to get a way to get penetration. Those guys have got a way to get pen, have got to find a way to get penetration. And then secondary has secondary improved. I don't know. I don't know if you can improve this secondary. They tried to stack it with a bunch of FCS talent, and we look and we see how that was going. How that's going? They did halfway decent against Pitt, but ever since then, not great. Not great. They did good against um, Tech, but that's about it. And I mean, Towson is whatever, but you know. And then we've got a bunch of true freshmen. I mean, it's just not like like why can I not have my cake and eat it too? The past couple, the past two years, we had phenomenal defense. Offense was terrible. This year, offense is actually half decent. Halfway decent, and then the defense. We can't get anything going on the defense. I mean, and but it, but that's the thing too. Is it looks good on paper? It looks yeah, good. It on looks the, good on paper. Looks good on paper, but also the front six is what looks really good. Is you got Lee Koba, uh, Lee Koba back there. You've got, the, of course, the front three. You know, with Stills, Jefferson, and Austin Bartlett too, and Bart and Jared Bartlett on the uh, for your mic. No, Koba's uh, mic. Um, I think he's right. What's right side again? Um, Sam. Sam. He, he's in the Sam. So, it's one of those. It, it's uh, Front six is good. It's the, it's the back five that you've got to get working on. Charles Woods, I think, is out of this game again, too. Uh, he had surgery. So, it's very well. He could be out for the rest of the season. I don't know. Uh, but, I mean – Lack of experience on for this, this the back five. Um, I just offense is putting up. Uh, we are averaging thirty eight points a game, allowing twenty nine. Baylor's only allowing twenty. We're putting four hundred fifty total yard or four hundred fifty yards of offense on the field, two sixty eight through the air and one eighty six on the ground. 
uh, we're allowing 331, 230 through the air, 233 through the air, and 100 on the ground. Ground game is we can stop. It's it's through the air that we've got we've got to work on it. Baylor though. And I don't know if you noticed this, but since they're lost to Oklahoma State, it seems that some of the fire has fell out of them from being Big 12 champs. And it just it seems like some of the fires fell out of it. The hype trains left the station at this point for Baylor. If they lose this game, they very well will not make conference. They will not make the conference championship. No, there's not no way. Not with TCU. There's no way. Not with TCU. Not with Kansas. Not yeah. with Oklahoma State. Not with uh, Texas either. You know? Yeah. Which is a wild thing to say. Yeah, no Oklahoma in there. But um, Tony Creedy was on Bay- uh, was on Sikkim three sixty five or three sixty five Sports. If you watch on YouTube, look, I love Tony Creedy. I do. I think he's a he's a uh, true uh, pri- uh, proud and true Mountaineer. I really do. But West Virginia media needs to quit giving softball questions and criticize the program every once in a while. He. Tony Creedy, I've never been so disappointed in the answer that he gave. He gave the answer that, well, it's not really Neil Brown's fault. You've got to look at the offensive line. The offensive line hasn't been good for the past couple years. He came in with a depleted program in 2019, and then there was the COVID season in 2020, and then we were trying to get a hold of that in 2021. So this is really Neil's uh, quote-unquote second year. Okay, Tony, you want to know what Dave Aranda did in his second year? He won the Big 12 championship. You want to know what Lance Leopold's doing in his second year? He's got Kansas 5-1. and one. You want to know what Sonny Dykes is doing in his first year? He's currently got TCU 5-0. and oh. You want to know what Joey McGuire's doing at Texas Tech? Playing competitive games. Just beat Texas. Made him play 100 pl- – you know, as playing over an average of 100 plays a game. They're 4-2 right now. They're not sweating bowl eligibility. What's Neil Brown done in year four? I don't want to hear the excuses anymore. I don't want to hear that Neil Brown came in with a depleted roster in 2019. I don't want to hear it. 2019 is three years ago. I don't want to hear about the COVID season when Dave Aranda came in there and won the Big 12 championship in his second year (coughs) after the COVID season. I don't want to hear it. Lance Leipold literally took a dead program, been dead since 2009, and now he's got them one game away from being bowl eligible, who just might be, uh, who who just might beat, probably will beat Oklahoma, who, oh, yeah, that's right, won the Big 12 championship six years in a row, made the playoff four times. There's – it's – I'm, I'm tired of the excuses for him. I really am. Um, I'm also tired of the excuse that it's West Virginia. You can't win. You can't win in West Virginia because it's a poor state. You can definitely win in West Virginia. Cole, I'm gonna list you. Here are um, the top ten poorest states in the United States. Tell me if you can uh, name a few historic programs from these states. Number one is Mississippi. <laughs> Number two is West Virginia. Yep. Number three is Arkansas. <laughs> Number four is New Mexico. Uh, well, Number Lobos. five, Alabama. Huh. Number six, Kentucky. Mm. Number seven, Louisiana. Number eight, Oklahoma. Number nine, South Carolina. Number ten is Montana, an FCS program. Oh, but look at that. Number 11, Tennessee. How many national championship winning programs are in that list? SEC. SEC. Yeah. SEC. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. How, but, but tell me, how many national championship winning programs are in that list? At least seven. Five. Yeah. Five national championship winning programs are in that. So I never want to hear the excuse ever again that you can't win at West Virginia because, because it's a small state, it, you know, and there's no money there. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. West Virginia has a proud culture of winning football games. And look, people say, well, we're not Alabama. We can't go win national championships every year in, year out. Well, by goodness, you about did it back in the early 2000s with Rich Rod and Pat White and Steve Slayton. And don't tell me you caught lightning in a bottle. You, you, he recruited those guys. He coached those guys up. 2005, 2006, 2007 was a magical year. 2008, and then Bill Stewart came in in 2009 at the end of the 2007 season, and you get what I'm saying. It is ridiculous. I never want to hear these excuses again because they're invalid because if you can do if you can do it at Kentucky, Mark Stoops is taking Kentucky to pl- higher places. Tennessee's won national championships. Granted, that's been almost 30 years ago, but look what they're doing now. Look what Alabama's done for the past 15 years. Look what Oklahoma has done for the past 20 years. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. With that being said, we have JT Daniels as quarterback. We have two options at running back. Offensive line is looking much improved. However, will Neil Brown have these guys coached up and ready to go for this Thursday night Baylor game? This is Neil Brown's second night game in Morgantown. Will these guys be juiced? Will there be energy? Are they going to come out flat? And if they're going to come out flat, that crowd's going to turn real quick because at West Virginia as the 15th winningest program in all of college football we expect to win and we expect to win regularly and that is my soapbox and I've been going on I, here's the thing I feel bad though because you don't you don't do this with LSU but I do it it seemingly almost every week and I feel like our listeners go Oh boy, here here's, he goes again. Here's let why. me know. Actually, let me know and DM us when you hear this episode, and you're here if you're listening to this right now. Let me know if you groan when I start going on about West Virginia again. <laughs> here's why I don't do it with LSU. LSU ultimately, the fan base for LSU is so toxic. And correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I think we have very similar cultures. We do. Because we are the state. We are the namesake of the state. Yeah. Now, granted, Louisiana does have – we have Tulane. We have UL. We have UL Monroe. Yeah, but you're not – I understand, and I get it. You you guys are the name – or the I don't need to say what every single LSU fan is thinking right now. I feel like I shouldn't say what every West Virginia fan is thinking right now, though. Well, you're fine. <laughs> if you go on LSU football Twitter, there is currently a poll sitting, um, not on the official, but on the on the fan Twitter. There is currently a poll sitting, should we fire Brian Kelly in his that, first season? That's ridiculous. Yep. That's ridiculous. That is absolutely crazy. I will say, though, for West Virginia fans, when he when Neil Brown did go 5-7, and seven, we were – Oddly optimistic yeah, for that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? And 
I feel like in the SEC, all you hear is, oh, have you won a national championship? You're not good enough. I have high hopes and high expectations for LSU year in and year out, but I'm not going to complain as long as we are showing up on the field and we are showing up with a talented and ready-to-go team. So far, I've seen that. If more games like Tennessee happen, you might start hearing me complain. You are probably going to start hearing me complain very quickly. <laughs> um, look, I'm going to be real with you. Baylor's 0-5 on the road against West Virginia. I don't know if they make it 0-6. I hate saying that. I really do. I think you have the talent. You have the talent. Do not get me wrong. But I think it comes down to coaching. And I'm not just saying that because Dave Aranda is my boy. No, no. I but we both we're big Dave Aranda fans, man. Yeah. He's great. And here's 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 the thing though, is Dave Aranda, like Neil Brown, is calm, cool. Uh, Neil Brown is tries to be too calm. calm, cool, and collected. But that's the thing, it's like it's an act. Yeah. For Neil Brown, it's it, it, I feel like it's an act. But it's also like, it just seems like he doesn't want to be there sometimes. Dave Aranda is just in the moment. He's serious about, you know, it's just... And I would be fine with Neil Brown not seeming to have a fire under him if we were winning. You know, Dave Aranda's winning. It's okay for him to be stone cold and just in just frozen face the whole time. But it's different. it's different with Neil Brown if your guys come out flat. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like I said, I don't know if West Virginia is able to make it 0-6 for Baylor in Mountaineer Field, or on Mountaineer Field. Um, I think it's going to be a heck of a game. I think they nailed the spread. Um, I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter for sure. But I think Blake Shapin is – a good quarterback, and he is going to get his team in a winning position to win the game for Baylor. And I hate saying that. I really do. So you're picking Baylor to win the game? I'm picking Baylor to win the game, yes. Fair enough. Baylor by three. I understand. I'm not here for your pity. <laughs> I don't want you here for my pity. I think that's one thing I think we did we – did bad on last year was really politics sometimes with the games but uh, it, I, I was really guilty of that yes <laughs> but I think I understand I understand there, there, uh, there's a guy that I really enjoy watching on YouTube his name is Coos at Coos's Corner mm-hmm. uh, he's also picked he's a big time West Virginia fan he goes I hope it doesn't happen but I'm picking Baylor to win the game yep. um, so there's that I will not give my prediction because I am very biased um, so do yeah, you're the, picking West Virginia. Come do on, do that with what you will. Um, I'll make your prediction for you. West Virginia is <laughs> going to win by seventy. Uh, I, I'm a realist, not a not a not a I coal. Mean, yeah, not a coal. Um, uh, yeah, no. Uh, speaking of which, it was announced today that in on September 5th of 2026, West Virginia will be hosting the Alabama Crimson Tide in Morgantown. Good luck. Uh, the, the following year, we will be headed to Bryant-Denny Stadium. Ah! <laughs> However, may I remind you, last time we 
played LSU, or, uh, played LSU. We played Alabama. We only lost by ten, and we're competitive all. And we had the lead all the way up until the fourth quarter. So do without what you will. Uh, however, at that point, it will have been ten years since that game happened. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> thank you. That's uh, okay. I've got about uh, four years to pray about it. So yeah, we're that. fine. We're fine. good. We're good. Um, but yeah, with that, I'm a very anxious and nervous but optimistic Owen Spellnick. Uh I'm an equal. Uh, excuse me. I'm an equally nervous, anxious, and somewhat optimistic Cole Connor. And this has been the Panther Pod.